and welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your hosts, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, we we just came back from a break. We filmed our last one yeah. uh, last week. You know, we had some time off. Not doing this okay, again. No, no, we won't. You don't want to even make this like somewhat of a running gag? No, it's late at night. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah. So this is actually the third episode today that we're filming. And because we really wanted to get through this. and Yeah, before I can start the editing process. It. Yeah, but we want to we wanna make sure we're bringing it. And so if you're watching this live, it'll be great. And this also gives us a little bit of a buffer because we're not sure about the next few weeks of what's going to go on. But we wanted to make sure these next episodes are out for you. So if you're just tuning in, uh, we are filming our top 100 games of all time. And that's because very recently we are reaching our 100th episode. And I think if we counted correctly, this is episode number 98 and I think we're going to end on number 100. 101. Uh, we'll double check that. I think it's 100, though. No, we'll it's find. 101. Okay. Because the last uh, the last episode that we just recently released uh, before we started filming these was episode 95. Yeah, so this would be 100. 96, on. 97, 98, 99, 101. 100. 101. You went from 99 to 101? 96, 97, 98, 99. 99 eh, maybe. So we'll, we'll figure it out. Figure it out. It's definitely within our 100th episode. That's important. the number 100 is the 96th episode. Yeah. Okay. 96, 97, 98, 99, 100. Right. Shit works. Yeah. I, my math. It's late at night. It's late at night. It's fine. <laughs> we'll forgive you, but that's why we did this. And uh, welcome back, Creative Chaos. Of course. Thank you for tuning in again. Uh, so we are going through our top 100 games of all time. We've already filmed episodes number 100 through 881. And, and then, then 80 through 61. And this episode, we're going to go through episode or uh, rankings 60, 60 through 41. And just to rem- remind everybody, this is a special board game breakdown. It's our own personal board game breakdown. Usually we interview or we break down a designer's games. Mm-hmm. Well, this one is our personal favorite game. So this is, I don't know what episode board game breakdown, but by the time we end this, it should be our 100th recorded episode. That's right. And so we've been doing this a little more than a year, and we're excited to bring you this list. And and we iterated this in the previous episode, but I want to reiterate it now, is that we think these top 100 lists are really important. And same with our top eight debate, you know, you if you listen to our top eight debates, you see what stance we each take on the games yeah. and our opinions for either liking them or disliking. And we're not above of, you know critiquing each other's lists, clearly. <laughs> you know, but we're hoping this is constructive in a way that if you see a lot of the games align with myself or uh, or Daniel's, of course, we want you to be able to see the other games that are on our list that you've never heard mm-hmm. and check them out. Because then they, there's a good chance that if we really like them and you like a lot of the same games, you'll probably like these two. Yeah, all the buddy heads. That's right. We yep. like the butt heads. Absolutely. So, uh, let's just jump right into it, Daniel. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. So, same thing. We're going to roll the Die of Doom. One, two, three, four, five, six. If I roll another four. No, it's no. a six. You're still going but first. I'm still going first. <laughs> Number 60 is uh, one of the heavier worker placement games on this list. And it is, I think this is the only game from this company that's on my list. And it's a local game or a local game company from uh, Albuquerque. And that is level oh, I, 99 games. Oh, level 99? Mm-hmm. And uh, their oh, worker uh, placement, do you know what it is? It's got to be Argent. Argent the Consortium. <laughs> Consortium, right? 
Yeah, I think it's Consortium. Yeah, Argent the Consortium. Absolutely brilliant game. Uh, you are placing workers out that you are upgrading different kinds of workers for abilities. Plus, you're getting spells that you're learning, and then you're upgrading them to better versions. And the spots that you place them out on, there's like a whole timing infrastructure thing that's going on where you can put them in better spots or different abilities, which can actually affect other people's um, abilities. There are some worker placement spots that are instant effects, and then some that are at the end of the round or when you actually activate them. Yeah. You get those, and then you're getting other tokens. But when it's all boiled down, what you're trying to do is you're trying to get the most votes to become the next leader of this magic school that you are all vying for. So 10 of the cards that are down, it's either 10 or 12, I think it's 10 though, are are face down. Two of them are face up because they're always the same for everyone. Whoever has like the most mana or most coins or whatever, and whoever gets the most votes, something like that. And, and part of the research is getting letters where you're able to check and secretly know who's voting for what faction it's all just different kinds of majorities it's unlike most worker placements it's it's not victory points it, yeah. there's a lot of different resources that work in very different ways and Don't then forget the the follow or the shadow mechanic yeah like the shadow mechanic where you can kind of like shadow another person's action and you're able to get that as like a special ability and everything has their own abilities own module modular boards it, it's just absolutely intense yeah but once you get it down it's one of the most rewarding worker placement games that i've played and just the ability that you can change just about every aspect of the game different sets of cards different ways you set up the board different uh characters that you have different house abilities yeah uh, the different votes that ha- happen every turn it's so great so, Argent the Consortium is my number 60. Uh, it's not a bad choice. I, I enjoyed the game. Uh, it's long. It is long. It's a long game. And don't play at the full player count, because I think it could play about, what, five? Something like that. Yeah. It's best at a two or a three. Yeah, it's better at two or three. It's really good. Also, <laughs> watch out for AP. That game can lead it to can, a lot of AP. Yes. All right, so moving on to my number 60 is a game I finally got off my shelf of shame, but I've played it quite a few times on the app. It actually taught me how to play the game. It's a civilization game that also is very long. Yep. I dig this game. I love Civ games. I've talked about this recently the last couple weeks, and that is Through the Ages, A New Story of Civilization, I think is what the most recent one's called. It is phenomenal game. It's really good, but there's a lot of moving parts when we're talking about like how it's taking forever and AP prone. This game can lead to that as well. Uh, you have you're bringing a civilization through the antiquity age all the way to the uh, modern age, the information age, whatever I think it's called in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's four ages technically in the game. You have the antiquity, then you have age one, age two, age three. And there's a fourth age, but it's just basically the final round and scoring and stuff like that if you can play certain cards. You have a certain amount of actions depending upon your government. So if um, your original starting government for everybody is despotism, I think is what it's called, despotism. And basically you have four regular actions and two military actions, but you have to make sure you have the people for it or the resources. So it's resource management as well. You're trying to crew stone to pay for certain things food to feed your people of course um 
are producing food. You have farms. You have mines. You and then it gets better as you go along. You have your leaders. Uh, you could start out with, uh, say, Julius Caesar or Moses or Hammurabi. There's different leaders out there. There's a lot of choices in this game. I have a great time playing it, and that's why it's sixty. Good, good pick. I, I want to try this one. I have a feeling I would I would enjoy the mess out of it. Uh, number fifty nine for me is the newest game on my list. And because you on and I the, just on, on this list or just oh uh, newest game that I've owned, newest game that's been released, and uh, newest game that one of the newest games that we have played. And I say we've played because this also was on your list and at number seventy three, right? Juicy, Juicy fruits, fruit. yeah. Juicy <laughs> fruits. It, it no reason it it should it be that should, good. Yeah. Uh, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, it's just any other like contract you put in the resources for whatever contracts it is. And then I saw how it played and I was like, okay. But then I saw that main mechanism of shifting everything around. It's brilliant. I love it. It makes perfect sense. It's super quick. It's so satisfying. It's going to replace a lot of games in my collection just because of that alone. You said it best yourself in, in our previous episode. Uh, Juicy Fruits is amazing. So great job for Capstone Games for for making it, and uh, yeah, thanks for letting me buy it because it's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Create a chaos. Do you chew juicy fruit when playing it? Uh, If you like chewing on wood, if you like, if you're a guinea pig, that that might be pretty pretty. Yeah. So the thing about juicy fruit, it's it's tastes good for like three minutes, and then (laughs) right. Uh, the, you're talking the gum, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> like as soon as like that flavor is gone, it's like, man, I'm just like chewing, chewing bland. All right. So my number fifty nine is relatively new, but not that new. I think it came out in round twenty nineteen or so, mm-hmm. and it's a building game, but not really a building game. It's called Tiny Towns. Oh, okay. Uh, it's. It's based, you're building buildings, but it's kind of abstract in a way because you're trying to get certain material and you're trying to put them in a certain shape where you can build a certain type of building in your city and not leave open spaces. And you're scoring based off how this building is sitting next to this building or this well is feeding the farms and that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So there's different things that play. It's a really good game. I really enjoy it. I did not realize when it came out that it was about, like, animal uh people yeah you're anamorphic <laughs> yeah it's weird i'm like oh yeah it's i was confused when they're like the expansion came out and there's like little rat people sitting on the thing like dressed as humans and i'm like wait were animals in this game <laughs> this is everdell the builder <laughs> but it's really good aeg knocked it out of the park with this one it it really is abstracted if you think about it oh very much but yeah. it's it's so good and the fact that just in the base box alone there's a lot of variability because you could take certain buildings out and put different ones in that follow the same line because i think it's about four or five buildings for the six or seven different buildings you play with yeah and they just do different powers and stuff like that so it's really good the expansions added uh some more buildings and some more choices i really enjoy it um and that's tiny towns I like the bingo aspect of it, that whatever resource is picked, everybody has to place that resource. Yeah, I do like that, too. Uh, yeah. A different take on the bingo aspect, because yeah. like we talked about it earlier with Super Mega Lucky Box, a number is called, and you just mark out the numbers. Right. This one, it's a resource called out, and everybody has to use it, and you got to be smart how you place it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, 
speaking of another another take on a common mechanism, this is the opposite of a deck builder game. This is a deck deconstruction game. Where you are trying to get rid of these nasty, gross vegetables from your deck. Ah, yeah. Yep. Game right games. You did it again. Abandon all artichokes is my number 58. It, it's an absolutely brilliant game where you start with a deck full of artichokes. I always love doing the same joke. It's like, all right, everybody, go ahead and take 10 artichokes. Go ahead and shuffle them up. And then draw a hand of five. And then they, and then you see them start shuffling. They're like, wait a minute. These are all the same <laughs> card. And then the, some people ask. It's like... um, does this matter? I'm like, no, but it's funny to watch. <laughs> you know, and I, I absolutely adore that. Yeah, but basically the idea is you win if you draw a hand of five cards or up to five cards if you have that many. And if they're all non-artichokes, you, you win. win. Right then and there. Simple, right? You win immediately. And you draw at the beginning of your turn or at the end of your turn. Um, and yeah, so it's very simple. All you do is you take a card, a vegetable card that has its own ability and all of these abilities have different ways to get rid of artichokes or to help manipulate what you or do or transfer have. your artichokes to someone else's deck, that yeah, kind of thing. Exactly. Or work together and you both get rid, get of, rid of artichokes, artichokes yeah. but you're technically benefiting them as well. But it's just so brilliant. You know, you're just constantly just refining your deck, getting new cards, There's doing better stuff. One card I like in that deck is where I can shed an artichoke, but then I had to pass the, that certain vegetable off to someone yes. else into their discard yeah. pile. I think it was like an onion or something like that. I can't yeah. remember. But it's, yeah, it's a good game. Um, in one of the worst containers, though. The, oh, yeah. The packaging uh, for that is, is an oblong shape. It's shaped like an artichoke, I guess. Yeah. And it's a tin, which I know you hate tins can't more, than tins. I, more than I do. But I don't like them, but I get it. But at the same time, it's already odd, oddly, <laughs> oddly shaped. shaped. Uh, it's not not pleasant. Uh, I other keep, than that, it's fine. I keep mine in that photo case with all my other card games. Uh, I w- I that's <laughs> one of the few I really don't like getting rid of the boxes for my games, the originals. That's one I've definitely considered it. Yeah, no, I I don't like tins because they're they're hard to put on the shelf. As yeah. you see, how I lay my games down, um, I can't stack mm-hmm. them on some or under something. I, I have a tin sitting right there, and it has to be on top of everything, or it's going to get dented. Yep. <laughs> yeah it does and so um you attend for boarding yeah it's it's ridiculous and the game right is notorious for that mm-hmm. what i i have to say about abandoned artichokes and i again i meant i'll mention him again gamehead geek actually would t- mention this to me i didn't know this was there but uh it, the artichokes if you have them all together and you flip them it makes a little flip book yeah, if you give them like a little shuffle, not even have to shuffle them, but just kind of rip it like you're doing a flip yeah, book. Kinda... They make a flip book uh, dance and stuff like that. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So moving on to my next pick, which is 58. It's another crossover. Of course, this one's higher on my list to yours. I think yours was in the, the very first episode, the 90s or 80s. And that's the zombie game we mentioned earlier. That has it's a co-op, but there's semi-co-op in it. If there's a trader, oh, yeah, Dead of Winter, 83. Dead of Winter. So yeah, uh, Dead of Winter, a Crossroads game is what it's called, uh, the full title. But you can also uh, do Dead of Winter: A Long Night, mm-hmm. which is a standalone expansion. It it's a phenomenal game. I really enjoyed it. It was up there for the longest time. I considered it my favorite game just because the story aspect of the Crossroad cards, as well as the that walking dead feel it really was the walking dead board game for the longest time because what people don't understand is 
yeah, zombies are in it, but they're not the important uh, part of the no. game. They're just there they're as the a fodder. Doom. Yeah, they're yeah. the impending doom. The whole point of the game is working together as a community to try to survive. But, of course, you're also trying to, you know, protect your own yep. interests. And I think it's it's phenomenal. I still think it's a really good game. The only issue is is that it can run a little long. And it can also lead to tabletop quarterbacking. That could be a problem. And this one more prevalent than others. Because if someone bullies the group and votes who they believe the traitor is, and it's not the traitor, if you do that twice and you don't get the traitor, you lose. And if there's a traitor, they win automatically. So it just depends. I really, really enjoy the game. It has flaws. Let's not forget that fact, but it's not that bad. And it's it's very thematic. It's one of the few thematic uh, zombie games out there. Cool. Yeah, good pick. I mean, obviously, it's on my top 100. <laughs> I completely agree with you. My next one is one of the classic uh, tile lane games. One Spiel de Jar uh, a number of years ago, and it's not the one you. Yeah, I know it's not that it. one. I know that one's higher. Yeah, I just try to think. Uh, and this one has four different kinds of currencies you're trading for. I don't know if you've ever played this one. Actually. Yeah, this one doesn't sound familiar. Alhambra. Oh yeah, I have played this one. You have played Alhambra. Yeah, right? it's the mm-hmm. the one where you have to follow the wall. Yep, exactly. There always has to be a path to the fountain. Yeah, Alhambra's brilliant. I, I like the the idea that you can take money cards that Is are it, worth anywhere uh, from like Dirk, one to nine. Dirk Henny? Dirk Hen, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's an absolutely smart game. You can take money cards um, and in your hand and you always pay uh, the money to buy the tiles. And you have to have at least as much. You never get change for it. But if you pay exactly the right amount, then you get to take another turn on top of it. I think that's awesome. I, I, and so you get people like building up a hand of cards ready to buy a bunch of tiles and they're able to buy three or even all four different cards on the same turn. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. It's super fun. I love the idea. It's like, well, you could take any, any number card you want, any money card, any value, but that's only going to help you if the tile costs enough. And then all you do as far as tile lane goes is you lay it down you, you can't have any walls in between your fountain and yours. You have to have a walking path. And then you're going to count up points for your for majorities throughout three different rounds, scoring phases that are randomly mixed into the into the deck. Then you score. Yeah. It's real simple. It's, it's really smart how it works. I like it a lot. My wife likes it, even though we just haven't played it in a long time. But it, it's earned every right to be number 57. Alhambra. I enjoyed it. Um, it didn't even make my cut here. Um not even the 285. Again, I don't think it was in my records at the time. It's okay. I enjoy it. Uh, the app really left a bad taste in my mouth. I really didn't enjoy the app. I don't that think well. I ever tried the app. I didn't like the app at all. <laughs> <laughs> left a bad taste in my mouth. But um, all in all, it's a pretty good game. Uh, I think our mutual friend either has the big box or he has that other one that has the other games that are like Alhambra. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I had a good time playing it. But moving on to my number 57. And it's another crossover that was just recently mentioned, and it's about icky vegetables. Wow, that <laughs> fast. All right. All right. Abandon all artichokes. I think it's a great game. I have a good time showing it to people who haven't played it before. Uh, we showed it to our mutual friend, Bryce, uh, the Game Head Geek. I have showed it to some friends I've mentioned before, Angel Maria. Mm-hmm. It's gone down well to everybody I've shown it to. I think this is a game that I can play with people who aren't gamers. 
family members that if I go to a Thanksgiving or a family gathering of some sort, I can bust it out and probably get a few people to play with me. And oh, they'll yeah. have a good time. This is a phenomenal game. It The art is phenomenal in it for as simple as it is. And I think Game Right has really been knocking it out of the park lately with their small little card games. Trash Pandas is another one that's really good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so for me, Abandon All Artichokes is at number 57. It's a great game. Yeah, yeah Creative yeah. Chaos, I think you would enjoy it. It's it's very simple. You'll you'll probably play for about 20 minutes or so. It's real quick. Uh, the, the next one is another one in the Tiny Epic series. And I know I said earlier that I believe Defenders <laughs> was my favorite. Apparently it's not. not. <laughs> Apparently it's not because this one does rank higher. That's just the way it is. I, you know, and I can go in between the two, but this is a lot of people's favorites. And Galaxy, so, yeah, Tiny Epic Galaxies. It's a really smart engine building game. I like the dice, the dice abilities in it. I love the follow mechanism. As long and as you have the resources for it. Yep, and then just either orbiting the card for points or going to the planet for actions. It's all you do, and it's, it's real simple. simple. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a brilliant game. Scott Alms also hitting out of the park. We've talked about it before. Um, it's probably I, my second or third favorite uh, Tiny yeah. Epic game. I still think Quest is my favorite, but yeah, uh, Tiny Epic Dungeons might unseat Quest because you know how right. much I like a dungeon crawl. Oh, I know you do. <laughs> but yeah, Tiny Epic Galaxy is my number 56. No, that's a good choice. Um, I don't think any of the Tiny Epics have actually made my list. It is understandable. I like them, but I'm not as big as a fan as some of the others. I Like I said, I like Quest. Uh, zombies. Eh, I don't know if we played that one right. I think I want to try that. I think we played it wrong, so we have a bad taste in it. Yeah, in Tiny Epic Mechs uh, was okay. I liked Mechs a lot, actually. That's I like the my programming of it, but it wasn't. It's middle of the road for me. Uh, I was impressed with it. Yeah, haven't played Pirates yet. Has it come out yet? Uh, Pirates has come out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we'll we'll fix that. We'll play. Yeah. There, there's a few out there that I like. Uh, mm-hmm. Galaxies is. Up there, I did not like Western. I hate the little mm-hmm. poker aspect of that game. Yeah. Uh, but I digress. Moving on to my number 56 is another one you've already mentioned. And it's your favorite Cthulhu Mythos game. Oh, really? I like it more Elder than Sign, you. Huh? Yeah, I love I love Elder Sign. How Wait, quick you don't it... know that that's my favorite? Yes, you did. You said it like in the top I said 90. I believe it is. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe there's another one higher up on the list. We'll oh, maybe. Uh, so mine is Elder Sign uh, at 56. It's a really good game. If you like Yahtzee, you'll probably like this because it's Yahtzee with theme on it. You're trying to match uh, to a certain extent on the cards. Um, you got to close. You have to get so many Elder's tokens compared to Mythos tokens that go up there because I think some of them you need like 10. Um, what are they called? Elder Signs? Elder Signs. Yep. To beat, defeat the big wait, awakening uh, monster Cthulhu, whoever you want it to be, but you also don't want them to get as many. Um, uh, what are they called? Omens. Yeah, or doom tokens. Doom tokens. Yeah, and they'll they'll come out, and it's it's phenomenal. I I I solo this. I play this by myself all the time because it's quick. It's mm-hmm. a Cthulhu game that you can play in about thirty forty five minutes. There's only one, and I know for a fact this is probably the highest one on my list. We'll talk about it a little later. Maybe not in this episode, but in a future episode. Um, but yeah, Elder Sign, if you got a chance to pick it up, go go try it out. And I heard some of the expansions are really good. I don't have one, 
But that's because the base game is solid by itself. But some of the ex- expansions add a few things that people really, really enjoy. So I, I do want to try them. I just haven't picked any up. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. My next one is a solo-only game. I guess technically you can play it two players. But uh, it, ah. I don't think it's the one you think it is. No, but I think it's in that series. It is in the series. That is absolutely <laughs> in the universe. Yeah, you, you you know it well. It's in the universe. And it's, uh, you know how much I like nautical themes, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I thought it was going to be this one. Yeah, Nautilion is my number 55. Nautilion is, it's in the Oniverse. I, I like the Oniverse quite a bit. And, I, and that's gotten me into solo gaming. And this one is really simple. And what I like about it is that you have a long track of, of these tiles. You're trying to get them. They're numbered one through nine. And there's the evil ship on the other side of the track. And what you do is you roll three dice, and you have to assign those three dice. One to the evil dude, one to you, and one to um, the this card that's in the middle. And you obviously don't want to move either of them too fast, because if you get to the end and you don't have the tokens you need, then you lose. If If the bad guy gets to the end, or the opposite side, before you do, then you lose. But then also, um, you get penalties for placing your uh, <laughs> placing like too high of a number on the middle card, and so it penalizes you. So it's really ingenious how it works, and uh, you kind of it, basically whenever you move your token, you take whatever token you land on, and then you move the bad guy. That one gets removed from the game, and then you you're using them and slowly like swapping places and going to the opposite side so it's kind of like a race game um but you have to survive at the same time it's super neat and when and there's a bunch of different boards of different sh- configurations for your submarine your Nautilion. and whenever you place your first number token it'll have like certain uh bridges that go to other numbers and you can only place ones that are connected so like the five i think is in the middle so you can either do a two and eight uh four or six you know, from yeah. there. So if you get a different token, well, sorry, you know, that it's it's kind of a bummer because you can't use it towards that that one objective. And I think there's like four, I think three or four copies of each number, and there's ways to maneuver them around, and there's different abilities that you can kind of use uh, those tokens for. So it's really brilliant how it works. That's Nautilion. That's my number fifty-five. So I have a quick question for you before I move on to my sure. fifty-five. Um, you said Nautilion is, and the Oniverse really got you into Absolutely. solo play. So I, it might be further on your list, but would this count if it was a print and play? For your standards, because you made rules about how you did it, would a print and play work? Because yeah, sure. uh, Bathysphere is one that you Bargain talk about. Bargain basement. Ba- and so, you know what? The more I was thinking about it, the more I think that Bargain Basement Bathysphere should have been on my list. It is not on my top 100. And I think it's just I, I bypassed it when I was making my list. Ah, okay. It, I was it, just wondering if that's you... a brilliant one because it uses it uses a similar idea is that you use a bunch of dice and you move those spaces and you have the long track and you're trying to delve down as deep as you can but then you have to make it back up to the top before you run out of air. Yeah, it, it's that probably would have been my only roll and write and it's a solo roll and write campaign game <laughs> that's absolutely brilliant. That uh, you printed out and took a tree with you. Yeah, it, if you go on BoardGameGeek.com, search Bargain Basement Bathysphere, it is available for free. 
if they ever published it, I would gladly pay for it again. Yeah. And and play it through. It's phenomenal. It's one of the best roll and write games ever. I you know, I want to get print out a few pages for you so you can try it one of these days. I'll think about it. I mean I want to, but I don't have the time anymore. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I don't blame you. <laughs> All right, but so, it's so good. Moving on to our number fifty five, correct? Uh your fifty five, yes. This is probably the oldest game on my list. Okay. Send it. No. <laughs> no, not that old. But uh, the designer is no longer with us. Oh. And it's one of your favorite designers. Uh, Sid Saxon? Yeah. Wow, okay. So, mm, I'm assuming it's Can't Stop. You're correct. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't hate a lot of... Uh, I don't hate his games. Acquire's fine, and I played sure. a couple others. I can't think of off the top of my head. But this one... This is the one that has forged its way into my heart. It's one of the earliest that I know of uh, push-your-luck games. Yeah. And I know it's the oldest one I've played. And it still holds up. It's phenomenal. You basically roll your dice and you take the numbers and you try to move up the chart. The, the What is it? The 2 and the 12 are the... You could climb to the top faster but it's not likely that you're going to be able to yeah. um, get there because those are rare numbers that rolls because you need two sixes or two ones. But you're more likely to score sevens. Therefore, seven is the hardest to climb up and you're pushing your luck and you're trying not to bust, but you're trying to get as far as you can because you got to get to a certain point before someone else goes. Because I think it's yep. what you got to get three of your three. cones to the top. Mm-hmm. And this the first time you showed it to me, we were at like a Denny's or something like that, and you busted out this big chunky wood board. And the plastic, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh no, it's plastic. plastic yeah, stop sign. a plastic yeah. stop sign. I'm like, what? What do you? What are we gonna play here? This? Yeah. What the and heck is this? Plastic cones, yeah. and just four dice, and that was it. And then we probably had the most fun that anybody's ever had in Denny's. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, or was it, it IHOP? No I think right. it was IHOP. Yeah, we, and and yes, Crate. Yeah, we definitely mentioned uh, oh, yeah. this game in other episodes because this game is easily one of our favorites. Yeah, it's a good family. game. I have a great time playing with it. A lot of people have probably played it by now, but if you haven't, you need to check it out. Um, you could find a lot of them sometimes in thrift stores. Yep. There's there's some nice copies printed out there. I think there's Board Game Arena has. It. Uh, board game arena there. yeah we, we've played it on there as well mm-hmm. uh i just gotta say from what i've heard don't touch the expansions they're, they're not they're not needed yeah it's just one expansion and it adds a whole bunch of random to i mean it's all it's just <laughs> it's a, a random, nice game right? yeah but it adds an obscene amount of random into what tokens you get yeah i agree so my number 55 can't stop very good pick do you think it's on my list yeah i think so okay well we'll find out no spoilers uh, number 54 is a game that originally was based on an IP and then they legally had to change the name to a really just dumb name. And it's a dexterity game that you referenced earlier. Ah, uh, Terror in Meeple City. Terror in Meeple City. It used to be called Rampage because it was loosely based off of a video, video game, game of the same title. Except for you just only have giant lizards. There's no giant wolf creature. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It's just giant lizards. But the idea of Rampage is you're trying to get the most points by destroying buildings and eating people. It's hilarious. I love the production of it. It's one of the best produced games. It has so many good components. 
each of the, the meeple the, colors are different character or different the only thing that i have score. to say like if you can find an original copy of rampage pick that one up because i i Terra Maple City. I know some of the Easter eggs are still in there because yeah. I'm surprised they didn't get sued left and right. Right, <laughs> exactly. No, it's so good. It's such a great dexterity game. The only thing is, right now, it's kind of paranoia inducing because one of the moves is to put your chin on the piece and like try and blow buildings over. It's like uh, the like the sewage breath or something. What was the name of it? Like the gas breath? Yeah, fire uh, breath. Maybe. Fire breath, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and. I mean, it never worked well before, but it was good to, like, push meeples into, like, other sections because then you can eat yeah, them. Yeah, no. Uh, but, I, yeah. Even, I had problems back then when they made me, when it had it. Right. Like, imagine today, nope. Uh-uh. No, yeah. But, I mean, I'm taking that card out of the game. I appreciate the fact that, that, well, that was one of your main actions, but the thing is, I appreciated the fact that they, they at least tried to do something different. Yeah, you know? yeah, I get and that, that. I, and... Whether you agree with like like it's obviously not sanitary, but like that's <laughs> but still that, not that's, a bad that's saying mechanism. Hasbro is doing something different when they got games coming like Speak Out or Oh yeah, don't flush the, the toilet. Oh yeah, caca alarm. <laughs> it, um, it's like seriously. Yeah, it's it's so bad, but I I like Terra and Meeple City a lot. I think it's a really phenomenal dexterity game and one of the best dexterity games I have in my collection. Yeah. It's fine. It's a good game. The 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 breath or blowing bothered I, me back in the day, and it bothers me even more nowadays. I'm pretty sure this is my highest ranked Antoine Boza game. Well, that's not saying much. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I digress. My number 54, I almost skipped ahead there, is a game that you can't stand. You despise this game. I'm in grumpy mode. I'm ready to go. <laughs> and my wife hates this game. She loathes it entirely. It, but I enjoy it. I have fun with it. Uh, I like the the combos that can come out and trying to figure out how they work. And it's an AEG game. <laughs> an AEG card game. Uh, Smash Up. Right? Yep. It's fine. I'm just not a big fan. Yeah. So, uh, my my wife hates this game. She says if it belongs in bottom shelf. If you remember I, those days, yeah. <laughs> it, one thing, it's designed by Paul Peterson, and and I really love his game Guillotine. It's not on my top one hundred, but I want to I want to give him. And he's a co designer for Pairs as well. Yeah. So his stuff is good, and it's 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 fun quality games, and it's a it's a smart design. I just I never enjoyed playing. Yeah, it. Yeah. The thing is, why I think you probably don't like it enough or not you don't really hate it but you don't really enjoy it either and the same reason my wife doesn't like it it's random you're basically uh, mashing up two factions whether it's pirates or aliens and seeing how they work and some of them are good some of them aren't it's it's seriously getting bloated i won't deny that i've gotten every expansion but the marvel one i in the big box uh, the biggest box but yeah it's it's fine it's it's a good game. I really enjoy it, but I get why people don't like it because of the luck base. I will not play this at the full player count, which I think is five, four or five, somewhere around there. Yeah. I think it's really good at three. It's not good at two. It's not good at four. It's perfect at good three. 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 So if I have, I need to bust out a game to play with just two other friends. This is one of them I would go to, but I can, I get why people don't like it, but I have good and fond memories with it. Yeah. Cool. I, that's not a bad choice. It didn't. It, 
Take a guess, is it on my list? No. <laughs> it probably didn't even make the 285. No. <laughs> well, I don't own it, so. <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, that's true, too. Uh, my number 53 is a, kind of an older worker placement game, but it's one of the one of the better. Uh, they just recently did an anniversary edition. I already knew what it is when you said older worker placement game. Which one? Stone Age. Well, sir, you're right. So, yeah, Stone Age. It's awesome. Um, if you don't know how to play Stone Age, go play Stone Age. It's great. You send out a number of workers on your turn to a single spot. Um, most resources can have up to seven. So if that's already filled, well, too bad. Or you can only put in as many as, as available or you have. And there's some spots like food or like the that where... Or well, the hunting weapons, can do hunting. as many. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a bunch of different spots where you can <laughs> put a few... But it is worker placement, and I like the idea that you are mitigating your resources. You don't know if you're definitely going to get a resource, but if you send wood is more likely than gold. And if I send a lot of workers out to get wood, well, that's a lot of dice I'm rolling. And math. There's quite a bit of math. The second math board game on your list. Yeah, but it's also, (laughs) I I know I've said this so many times, uh, it's on Board Game Arena and it does the math for you. So it it, totally does it way better. It's a good game. I like it. It did make my list, but I agree with you. It's a good game. It's just, it's math. You have to, what is it? You roll your dice, you take that number and you divide it by how many people you use. So if you use. No, you, you roll an X number of dice. Based on how many workers you send out, mm-hmm. and depending on the rarity of the resource, that's you how divide many it by the get. number. Yeah. So food is always divided by two. Wood is divided by three. Brick is divided by four. Stone is five. Gold is six. So, and you know, yeah, it's math. I get that, but it it's thematic math <laughs> actually because I mean it's it's less likely if I go out into the woods, or uh, if I'm panning for gold, I'm probably le- much less likely no, to get no, gold I get than I am to get wood. In the woods, you know, it makes sense. And then, like food, it's like, oh, well, I, I can find berries, I can find fish, I can find all kinds of wood or food. So it, it it's thematic worker placement. And I like how you can mitigate it by getting tools. You are rolling, and it is by chance, but it's not completely, it's not completely at a loss. This is one of the few exceptions where I think you you set up the number of dice, and then you're you have exactly what you have. And that's what you get. One of the few exceptions that that's good. Uh, also, that leather cup is atrocious. It stinks. It can make your board game smell. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> not great. Mine never smelled too bad, but I also have allergies, so I don't know. Maybe it <laughs> no, I've, I've smelled some copies like at a con, and it's just like, oh, just put a Yahtzee cup. So in everybody, there. be careful. If you have leather in your game, he will smell your cup. <laughs> Oh, that's too late. <laughs> <laughs> that's my number 53. I'm an adult. No, you're not. Stone Age. <laughs> We're talking about toys. Are, I, guess, <laughs> I guess we have no room to criticize. All right. So my number 53 is another IP game. One IP game? <laughs> one that made you get into the TV show. Uh-oh, so this is one of two, and I'm willing to bet it's based off of another game. It's a remake, right? Yeah, it's a remake. Okay. So I knew you didn't like the other one. Uh, yeah, I don't Star hate Trek, the other one. Star Trek Panic. Yeah. This is a great game. Honestly, um, there was a couple uh, Panic games on my list that I was going through. 
And I, once I was like, okay, wait, this is on this list. I X the other ones, Munchkin Panic and Castle Panic, because this is my Panic game. I really like yeah. it. You're you're doing the five year thing, so you got five different stories that you got to meet while you're fighting off the forces of the different the Romulans, the Klingons, the mm-hmm. um, I can't remember what the those other are the ones. main ones. Yeah. yeah, the main ones, but you're fighting them off. As well as trying to protect your ship and your shields go down, then parts of the ship blow up. Where in the other games, it's just like, hey, you lost an outer wall and now the castle. But this this one feels thematic mm-hmm. to the point where like, oh, I got shot by the bird of prey or the, the Romulan ship turned invisible. And it, it feels so good. And then you have your special abilities depending on the character you're playing mm-hmm. as well. I love this game. I... It, I just recently got a copy of it. It's right over there sitting with my other uh, IP games. And it's it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. And I know you liked Castle Panic before, but I yeah, this Yeah, yeah. This is what set it apart. Like that this was we, we You know what helped Justin was the, the five year plan. Yeah. We we interviewed uh Justin DeWitt, the designer of Castle Panic and Star Trek Panic on a podcast. Go check out that episode if you haven't already. Great guy absolutely wonderful person and yeah then, yeah and he he told us that this was like a passion project for him and uh, i wish there was a way that we could get next gen like yeah yeah and, no and do that or next gen is my fun. favorite series yeah. and so i would love a star trek panic next gen but just this one is fine too i i enjoyed the original series it wasn't my favorite because i grew up on next gen mm-hmm. and i even liked um uh deep space nine over the original series sure but yeah, no, it's it's a great game. I love the tower tower defense aspect of it, and I, it just feels like oh, our shield's gone down. I, I get it. It feels better than like a wall breaking or, um, and then there's like little events that come out every now and then because I remember there's yeah. like a card about the tribbles and stuff yep, like that. The tribbles, yeah, <laughs> yeah, where you actually have to like fly to a Romulan ship, and then that's all you have to do. Like, yeah, just to get them off or let a Romulan ship come to us. Yeah, and I, I like the fact about it. Like uh, in Castle Panic, you can't move, but like if you move the ship forward, it moves everything towards you too, yep. and I or away from you if you're trying to run away from things. Yep. It just it feels thematic, and yep. it's really good. I, I like it a lot too. Yeah, uh, good pick. Yeah, if if anything, if one of the Castle Panics were on my list later, I would have combined all of them. Yeah. So, it, but yeah, that goes along with it. My next one is like that little possible like potential spoiler. We'll see. Uh, my number fifty-two is probably one of the most thematic games I own, and you can't say that it's not thematic. It is. It is. Like, I mean, I know you give me a lot of guff for having games with no theme. This is, like, just theme. There's almost no mechanisms in it at all. And it's, like, a massive, multi-layered storytelling game. Yeah, I'm serious. It has multiple expansions. Each one takes place in a different time frame. Because you are the time police in the future. Uh... Yeah, this yeah. is time stories. Yeah, time stories is so good, and I know this would have been higher on my list. Like, I three didn't years even crack now. my two hundred. Your two hundred? Yeah, my uh, time oh, stories. Yeah. Any, yeah, I think it was like in the low two thirties. How far did you get in it? 
Only to the third uh, expansion. I'm right? on to the Prophecy of Dragons. Yeah, and we okay. haven't played since, and I I want to play it again. It's right up there mm-hmm. for me to try to play again. And I actually have the Prophecy of the Dragon, or I think it's Prophecy of Dragons, mm-hmm. loaded into it. I want to start it up again. It just hasn't got to the table. And you know what's sad about it is that we I own every expansion for it, and we've played everything except we haven't completed the final story. We haven't completed that final expansion because we were about to start playing it again before the lockdowns. Mm. And so that's been two years now that we've just, yeah. that we've been sitting on this game that we've been playing since it came out in 2015. And it's been a fantastic game. I know some and people... in fact, if you notice, uh, like right over there, I have quite a few of the expansions yep. sitting right there. And two of them are still sealed, yeah. Man. And, you know, I know some people say that that some of the expansions are not that good or like it's not as good as the others. Honestly, they're all not that bad. Like there, there, there was a couple that that were definitely I, better than I others. I highly recommend uh, what is it, Marcy's case? I, Marcy's I thought case that was one was great. phenomenal. Prophecy of Dragons was a really good one. I liked the next one under the mask. It was pretty good. The Arctic Expedition, I I enjoyed that one as well. It was a little weird. Um, yeah, it's like honestly, the last one is probably the one I like the least, just because it's Versailles. Uh, yeah, and, and I don't I don't I don't care about the, uh, the theme doesn't capture me. Best that, way to describe time stories is time story the 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 board game part of it the base game yeah not the the game inside of it but just the board and the pieces and stuff like that that's your video game mm-hmm. your your console. console that's your place your that's your PlayStation Four your mm-hmm. Xbox your Wii whatever you want it to be and each of the expansions including the module that comes into the game so the module that comes into the game is basically your Mario that was packed in with it mm-hmm. it. They they play differently, so you're gonna have some that are gonna be your taste, yeah, and some that are just gonna be like, oh, this doesn't interest me at all, yeah. And there's an overarching story for everything too, <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's one of the really impressive things. It's a super awesome game. Um, I'm probably gonna be demoing it at the comic shop this weekend. We're gonna be doing uh, um, scenario based games or or campaign games as we're gonna call them. So that's definitely one. And I love demoing this because I always get to tell people like so. You're going to get spoilers. You're not going to beat it the first time, and that's the point. You're supposed yeah. to go into it the following games knowing the knowledge you have. it's time loop type thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was like, so once I demo this to you once, you are not allowed to play the store copy ever again. You're done. If you want to continue, if you buy like it, copy. go buy the copy because yeah. it's awesome. So the time stories, that's my number 52. That's a good pick. Um, like I said, it didn't make my 200s, but it's also because we... I, I had invested in it, and I really enjoyed the first two scenarios, the one that comes in the base box yep. and Marcy case. And I was enjoying Prophecy of the Dragons, uh, but we just stopped playing for some reason or another. And I haven't picked it up since, so it's been a couple years since we played it. Yeah. I would say play out the expansions you have, and then you can call it done. Okay. Because the the one I'm missing is the Versailles one, right? No, you're, no, 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 I'm missing, you're missing the, quite uh, a few. missing like three of them. Yeah, you're missing like three or four. But you, Arctic Expedition, I think happened right after prophecy of dragons and then it was the egyptian one no no under the mask was after the prophecy of dragons okay so then you're missing under the mask though. no i have it it's over there do you really yeah oh yes okay yeah after the arctic <laughs> expedition you can stop yeah I'll, I'll look into it um i just i don't want to play that one solo i love the experience with other people playing it oh because... no and you shouldn't play it solo. i know or with two players you, you should play it with the full yeah no it's full just gamut no, nah, but uh, I just I don't know if I can get a full gamut with it. That's the thing. Yeah, that and that's the same with us. We I've been playing with almost the same game group, 
for uh, years. So my number 52 is thematic for its theme, but it, mm-hmm. it it's not really. It's based off an app based off a board game. Jetpack Joyride. Nope. <laughs> I don't know. It's right behind you. You were just looking at it a minute ago. It's Fallout Shelter, the board game. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I really enjoy this. It's a very simple um, worker placement game with a little bit of luck because of the dice rolling and if you're fighting creatures and stuff like that. But it fits thematically because uh, you're you're building a, a Fallout Shelter, um, one of the vaults in the game. In what's happening, you're trying to build certain rooms into your area, but it's kind of everybody's building this vault together. So the first floor is everybody's floor, so no one gets rewarded or what happens. But then the next couple floors are the yellow or red or blue or green. And then as you're going, so you can use other people's rooms that they have built down in their side of the vault, but then they get rewarded for you using it, but they're sometimes very powerful rooms. And the game ends if you get, uh, the first person gets seven uh, rooms built down in their side of the vault, and then most points at the end of the game win. So even if the person who builds seven vaults, they, they could, and they have a good chance of winning. Yeah. But, but it's not a guarantee. And that's what I like about it is because it still does worker placements. I enjoy the aspect like if you, you could fight if you want and you use the ability if you train your worker in a certain uh, uh, special category. So S-P-E-C-I-A-L um, if you're familiar with Fallout. You can use it to your advantage. Uh, if you're getting a resource, it increases your chance of, or increases your resource gain. Mm-hmm. If you're using it to fight a monster, you have a better chance of fighting said creature because they're uh in it and you can also get items that help you along the way or if you're fighting it allows you to, like re-roll dice depending on your items i have a great time playing with it and the one thing i really like about it is the overlays for the monsters how they just kind of sit it looks like they're sitting in the bottom it, it's clear um with the picture of like say the rad um the ghoul uh rabid ghoul or something like that feral ghoul and it sits on your area of the vault, but it still looks like your vault. It's just got the creature over it, and it, it's phenomenal. I really enjoy the way that looks, and it's well done. I really enjoy the game a lot. It's Again, worker placement is my jam, and then when you add a theme already on it that I enjoy, yeah. Very cool. Fallout, the board game, uh, Fallout Shelter, the board game. Good choice. I just pulled it up. Uh, Time Story is the white cycle, the you're, you're missing four. Lumen Fide is the one after the after Expedition Endurance. Yeah, I, I knew there was like a like a priest one or something. Like yep. That. And then there's Astraea Drive, which is 1960s Hollywood, Hollywood. Uh, based off of actual real events. I'll just bar- I'll borrow yours if I want to keep playing it. Yep. Uh, Brotherhood of the Coast, which is pirate themed, and then Madame, which is the uh, Versailles. So those are all pretty cool. All right, my next one. Number 51 is from a designer that you and I both really enjoy. Feel free to take a guess. Well, I have two choices. It's either Phil Walker Harding or Stefan Feld. So. Okay. Uh, it is Phil Walker Harding. <laughs> now try, try and guess the game. Uh, this low? Probably. I do quite like this one. Uh, Baron Park? Nope. Gizmos? Nope. It is a bigger game. Oh, bigger. Smaller ones. Is it Gingerbread House? Nope. 
He's got a lot of big games, so... Oh, is it Imhotep? Imhotep. Yep, there it is. (laughs) So, yeah, Imhotep is awesome. I love... It's very simple. You are sailing uh, your workers, which are basically just like cube (laughs) When you say bigger game, you should say bigger box game. Because it's as light as some of his other games. No, there's so many components in there, though. Yeah. I mean, like, just a bag of cubes alone. But when I'm thinking bigger game, I'm thinking, like, heavy, not... not... Well, I mean, he's not exactly... His heaviest game is still lighter than <laughs> Stefan Feld's lightest games. I mean, it's like there's very there's very little overlap there. Um, I mean, even like Stefan Feld's like Revolution of eighteen twenty eight, which is one of his lightest games, is still <laughs> way more going on than like yeah than most Phil Walker Harden games. But uh, yeah, no, I love this game. It's Egyptian themed. You are building different parts of it, like the pyramid. Uh, you're building a crypt. You're building obelisks, and you're doing all these different things. But all you do on your turn is you're either going to get a few cubes uh, to add to your your crate, or you're going to ship one to a boat, or you're going to sail a boat. Very, very simple. Very incredibly simple. It has no right having that much strategy. And I love the idea of sailing somebody's boat that you do not have a cube on. You could totally do that, but you sail it to a spot, and then it's going to score in certain ways. So you directly interact with the other players, and this is probably one of his most interactive games as far as other you, players. You know what I call this Phil Walker Harding? What? The Phil Walker Harding mini game. Because it's it's basically <laughs> it's five different of, mini games. Basically. <laughs> and I love how how the each board has two different sides and it comes with another set of boards as well. Yeah. And then the expansions add, adds more. Yeah. Like, what what, what I thing. like about this is that if you guys are video game fans and you've ever played uh WarioWare this is Phil Walker Harding's WarioWare because he has like you're you're playing like an area control game and <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it kind of is like it's more cohesive than that. It, it is. Yeah, it you is. you are playing each every everything that you're building works in a very different way and scores. It, it's kind of like Sushi Go in that aspect that it's just there's just multiple ways to score and I think yeah. it's interesting. But, yeah, I like this game a lot. My number 51, Imhotep. Because there's, what, five different areas that you can go to? I think so. And, and one of them each is of those areas yeah. is, like, different. Yep. Yeah, so, like I said. four boats every turn. And so one spot never gets anything. It's it's the warrior wear of board gaming. It really is. You're playing yeah. mini games to win the big game. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. I dig this game. It didn't make my list. I don't even think it made it in my 285 because... I think it was before I started keeping track. It's It's been out a while. Would it have hit your list? I don't think it would hit the top 100. I okay. think it would have made the top 285 uh, list if it was on there. Yeah. But I don't think it would crack the top 100. It's not my least... Uh, it's not my favorite Phil Walker Harding, but it's not my least favorite, I guess. I don't know. It probably would have scored low on the Phil Walker Harding list, but... It's good. I like the chunky pieces. It's it's a decent game, but I there's several games I play over this one of his. And I just recently 3D printed the boats. <laughs> yeah, those look cool. Are you glad I told you about those? I'm very glad. <laughs> that was one of the few things that you told me, and I was like, wow, i got to print it right now. <laughs> Absolutely. So my number 51 is not a Phil Walker-Harding game, but it's a game that we talk about all the time. It's a game that I bust out... Um, just whenever I'm trying to kill time and the play w- with whomever. I mean, everybody's played this, loves it. And that's Dragonwood. Yep. It is a phenomenal game. It's real 
simple. You're playing cards out based on color, number, or um, uh, straights, in a sense. So you're either trying to play cards of the same color, same number, or in succession, one, two, three. And and what you're doing is you're trying to get the most points by attacking creatures out on a tableau in front of you and rolling dice. So for every card you play, you get to roll a die. And you got to meet a certain number Based on what you're doing, so it's scream, stomp, and um, scream, stomp, and strike. Strike, and so whichever one you do, you have to beat the number based on that. Each monster has three different numbers to, correlating to the three different attacks. It's great. Uh, I have a great time playing this. I've actually f- played the newest one, Dragon Realm. Mm-hmm. It it's good. I enjoy it, but right. I don't think it's ever going to replace Dragonwood because this is a game I can bust out at village in play around with some friends while we're waiting on our food or just talking and having a good time you could be drinking a beer at a pub it's a good pub game and it's just quick simple cutesy art and it plays quickly you the, the two end game triggers is either both dragons are defeated or you've run through the deck twice that's it yep very simple plays in about 20 minutes at the most i dig this one and that's why it's number 51 good choice Alright, uh, yeah, it didn't make my top 100, but not not due to it being bad. I mean, I've played it so many times, it's ridiculous. Yeah. My number 50 is easily one of the, the best party games. But at the same time, it's not as much of a party game as it is kind of like a more of a family weight game. But it's certainly, it's one of the few games that you can, it allows bluffing and lying but you don't necessarily... That doesn't mean you're going to win if you get away with it. You might have an advantage. Uh, I guess technically this is a party game. If this is the one I'm thinking of. Feel it, free to guess. Uh, it used to be Arcane Wonders, but now Simon owns it. Sure. Sheriff of Nottingham. Nottingham. Yep. Yeah, it, it's. <laughs> I love the idea of that. You can bribe people. You're, you Sometimes people are just trying to smuggle in certain things. Or you could bring in legal goods. You put all the pieces in a bag. You hand the cards to whoever the sheriff is. <laughs> You declare what it is, and that may or may not be true. The only thing you, have you to can also try to bribe the sheriff. You can try to bribe <laughs> the sheriff, and I love the idea. It's like, uh, like when people get creative of the bribery. It's like, like here's here's my bag. It's three cheese. Like you can check it if you want. I don't want you to get penalized. But you know what? You're doing a good job. Here's two coins. You know what? That's just for you. That's not. You do what you want. You do what you think is right. But I just want you to have these two coins. That's for you. He's like, and here's five to check Daniel's bag. <laughs> you know, like, I love that. that well, my so favorite thing is trying to trick the the sheriff. Be like, it's four bread, and you slide over, and there's money on it. And then they they're just like, what's this money for? Like, I don't know. What, I don't know. I don't know it? how that got there. It's just four bread. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And you're you're trying to bait them into checking because it is four bread, and they're going to be penalized yeah, for it. Penalized <laughs> if they do, and you are telling the truth. But if there's even a single, like, contraband. Or just, like, a cheese or something like that, yeah. and you're saying it's for bread. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I love the, the, the way the negotiations work. And, once again, you don't have to lie. You could play it completely fairly. And I've seen people win that way. And have a chance of yeah. winning. Yeah. It's it's not uncalled for. Because you, you could say it's for bread. Bribe the sheriff. And it's still for bread. They'll and they check it. You get a reward yeah. for doing it, and you didn't lie to them. Yeah. You just offered him some wasted, money. You they wasted your time 
by checking the bag <laughs> and, and not trusting you. And that's their penalty. Yeah. And, but, of course, if they check it, then you have to pay them a certain amount. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then and I love that reveal phase where you where you, where they hand it back to you. You click it open and you slide some cards face down under the mat because you got some contraband <laughs> in. It's so brilliant. It's it it's one of the most hilarious. Games it, it's I've a good played. game. I'm not really big into bluffing games, and I'll play this one. Right. I have a good time with it. Now I have a question for you. Now, which version do you think is better? I've never seen. I haven't seen the components for the new version. I haven't seen the components for the new version, but. I hate the cover of the new version. I, you know, I don't hate it. It's I, very cartoony. I will tell you the one thing I don't like about the components in this game, and this stresses me out. And I know I brought this up with with one of the biggest, like, worst components or whatever, is the player boards are slightly larger than half of the box. Yeah, and so you can't stack them together, and you can't stack them up properly without there being a gap. I hate that. I can't stand that part of it. I, I wish that would go die in a fire. It's the worst thing ever. Make it just slightly smaller or a lot bigger. Then I'll be a happy camper. Everything else about the production is pretty good, though. Yeah. Um, the, the button on one of my bags did tear. And so now it's out of print. So it's, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to No, it's not out of print. you just not that It's copy. a different company. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what I'm going to do about that. But we'll we'll figure it out. I'll, I'm sure I can figure something out. You could out. probably find like a thrift copy and just take a bag from that. <laughs> yeah, right. Just one of the little button. Uh, so moving on to my number 50, uh-huh. um, if you say worker placement's my favorite mechanism, what do you think is my second favorite mechanism? Deck building? Yep. And well, that's this right. Is, okay. Yeah. That was a shot in the dark, but yeah, I, no, I knew you like deck building. I enjoy deck building. And this is probably one of my favorite deck builders out there. I haven't played it in a while, but I played this solo and it's got an IP theme on it as well. Mm-hmm. And every game basically in this line it has an ip on it and this is legendary encounter and this one specifically is the alien deck building game uh you could throw predator into this or any of the encounter series i like the encounter over the original legendaries the marvel sure. ones or just any of the other flavors there because i love the aspect of things coming in the dark and you having to pay attack to reveal and this one comes out thematic because like chest bursters happen and you have people turning on you and you have jones jonesy in here i love aliens it's one of mm-hmm. my favorite series uh the first two movies anyways the second two movies are hit or miss for me i i enjoy the third the fourth was meh but one and two and then don't even get me started on some of the newer ones like uh, alien covenant and prometheus was okay but yeah, I love Aliens. I have a great time with it. I need to get the expansion for this one because it adds like more to the just the base game of like the Hive Queen stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't add like Prometheus or Alien Covenant, but I really enjoy the encounter system because again, I like it where it comes back uh uh, blind and you have to figure out what it is by spending your power. But you got to be careful because if they get into a certain area, you're starting to get hit, and it's. Difficult for me to get this to the table because it just plays for long, especially for solo, and not a lot of people like the alien um, IP. And another thing uh, about this is with the Predator one, you can actually combine them and you can play as the Predators Mm -hmm. and hunt the aliens. And so I think – and then it's no longer co-op. Yeah, Yeah. basically if we're all playing Predators, we're competing against each other to try to get the highest point value – and I love it. It's it's a great game. Uh, the encounter system. And as for Creator Chaos, what about Alien Isolation? 
It's okay. Cool. What, speaking of favorite mechanisms, what would you say mine is? Boring. <laughs> it's not far from it. Uh, I don't know. Um, I would say tiling, but I don't know. If, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, tiling. And this one, you use uh, oddly shaped tiles. And not even just like, there's a lot of games that use like tetromino tiles. There's a lot of games that use... Oh, I already like, know what this is once you said oddly placed tiles. Is it Juve Rosenberg? It is. Is it Patchwork? It is. <laughs> yeah, Patchwork. I, I got a chance to play this at the at the comic shop this last Saturday. It was running a little slow, and I, I was like, okay, I was here early. So I decided, all right, let me... There's one other player waiting for a game. So I was like, I'll, I'll gladly teach you how to play Patchwork. This game has one of the simplest themes that's not It's quilting. Seen. It's quilting. <laughs> yeah. And your buttons are currency. It thematically it makes no sense. But I love the idea that you are just trying to cover your quilt as, as efficiently as possible with these weird, weird shapes. Some of them take more time. Some of them have their own currency. And I love the, the leapfrog mechanism of whoever is farther behind of the two players... They yeah. are the ones who get to take the next turn. So I can awesome. basically uh, take two turns before you, but it absolutely it not necessarily going to happen. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. some of those buttons have were jump you so far up that some of them do, and that and that's neat. Like because then that's not efficient, but at the same time, if they have buttons on it, every time you jump past a button on buttons, the scoreboard, scoreboard yeah. you get a payday, and you get to take other buttons. But you might have to wait for the other player to take multiple turns before you have your next pick, and then they might jump right past the tile you won. It's so good. It's it, a good game. It's phenomenal, and I think another two-player only game. It is not my highest Uwe Rosenberg game, uh, but I do appreciate. There's a couple. Games like there's that. two things I want to talk about about this one real quick. Okay. First off, last time I played it was just recently with our, our mutual friend Bryce. Uh huh. And you know, I don't know what the final scores were. What? Because you didn't mention a big part of it is if you have empty spaces in it's your quilt, well, it's negative per, two points per, per square. Yeah. So it was ten to negative five. <laughs> yeah, and that that's one thing that I've noticed a lot of people really dislike, and I feel bad. I just every found it hilarious. I, every time I teach it, yeah, because mine was negative 10 to 12. Um, <laughs> every time you teach it, the first time you play it, you will almost always end negative score. Oh, yeah. This is like the fourth or fifth time, and I still get negatives every now and then. Yeah. Uh, I do like Patchwork Doodle uh, pretty yeah, well. It's a right. good little roll and write. Uh, Another thing that I have to mention, and this one's about Juve Rosenberg. He's got two of the simplest games. Uh, one about bean farming, but you're the beans for some reason. And then quilt making. And then you have, oh, these polynomials, these are nice. Let's make a massive point salad game with polynomials that cost about $80, the game itself. Mm-hmm. And everybody loves it. And I'm just sitting there like... Feast for Odin? Yeah. That's $100. <laughs> yeah. It's not 80. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's, it is a massive size box, mm-hmm. but it uses some of the same components of Patchwork, yeah. <laughs> which is like a $20 game. 30 I, I You could pick it up for 20 There's, Sure. Yeah. MSRP is 30 Because um, <laughs> I think uh, the one that our friend Bryce has, he has the Americana one. He picked it up for 20 Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, that one is, yeah. I think it... 
I wonder if the tiles are thinner. Have you played that one? Yeah. yeah it feels thing. the same as the other one. Yeah. Cool. No, nah, it's a good game. Uh, he's just, he's all over the place. And then we, we mentioned like Agricola and Caverna. Yeah. Big old heavy, intense <laughs> games. And... Uh, it's probably higher on your list. Uh, or I don't even, it's not on my list, but I, I'm assuming it's on yours, Le Havre. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I'll double check. But compared to like, he's so out of, Feld. They're different themes, but they kind of play with, like, the same mechanisms, the point mm-hmm. salad, making as many points. Uwe Rosenberg, you have bean farming to feast for Odin, feeding the gods of the, the North. The 145. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, I don't even think it made my 200. I, I enjoy it, but I don't think I like it as much as you do. No. But moving on to my number 49, and oh, look, it's another Cthulhu game. <laughs> But it's this <laughs> this one you actually quite enjoy. Oh. It is the one that's app-based. Oh, Mansions of Madness. Yeah. yeah. This is a phenomenal game. This is really good. And honestly, I, I know a lot of people like the first edition, but I think the second edition... I haven't even played the first edition, but the second edition with the app integration is phenomenal. The only problem with app integration, and this is the biggest gripe I can get behind, is how long is it going to be support? Mm-hmm. But Fantasy Flight has shown they're going to be supporting it for a while. I think they're done with actual physical expansion, stuff like that. But with the app base, because they've talked about it, I think they're done. But with the app base about it, they could just add more scenarios with what's already out there. There's like three, four expansions from Mansions of Madness, plus what's in the base game. Yeah. So you just... There's a lot. Uh, you just mess around with it and tinker with scenarios based off of what's already out there. It's a good game. I prefer this one over Eldritch Horror, but I don't own it because I don't need to. Uh, I have a mutual uh, our friend. I mentioned him again. I'll mention him as always. Bryce owns it. And I play this with his copy. It's phenomenal. It's great. I just don't need to own it. If I were to get one that's based like this, I'd probably get the Lord of the Rings one just sure. because nobody else really has it in our group. I think our friend Dom does, but maybe, maybe, but yeah, but you know, I enjoy it. I like this one. Because it's scenario based, so you it's one and done when you play a scenario. Whereas the Lord of the Rings is campaign based, so yep. you keep going through the story. So they play a little differently, but yeah, it's phenomenal. But there there's some issues with it. The minis are great, but you don't need that stupid little stand. No. <laughs> nope. The fact that it's better without them. Yeah, and the problem is that because of the stand, the minis can't work. Yeah. Because they got little peg holes for them to stand in the stand. Mm-hmm. Useless. Uh, but it's a phenomenal game. I love the puzzles in it. I love the, the, the ambiance the app gives because of the sound in the background and yep. just the imagery that you see. And when you're like, there's certain scenarios where you're questioning people, they have voice acting for it. So yeah, Mansions of Madness, uh, second edition. Great game. Number 49. Cool. Yeah, good pick. Uh, my number forty-eight. You said, that, generally speaking, do you like games with app apps or app? I don't hate them. It just depends if the app integration is doing something for the game. Now we mentioned it, I think, in the the um, last podcast. The good, what makes a good or bad game? Yeah, I don't like app integration just because it makes the game or because the game is too hard. So you just use it for point keeping. That's it. Yeah, like Alchemist. But if you if it's doing something for the game, helping you drive the game and telling a story through the game, I think it's great. Um, Mansions of Madness is one I think is does it well. Uh, Golem Arcana I think was horrible. 
<laughs> I haven't played that one, although I've owned parts of it before. Oh, God, it's bad. Um, the reason I say that is because this game is not app-integrated. It's website-integrated. Uh, I know what it is. Which one? It's Detective. Detective. Modern Crime. Yeah. It, it's so good. So You good. can't see it on screen. How much have you played of it yet? Have I played the first scenario. Oh, um, so great. We got to play some more of it, but we didn't do too hot on the first scenario. Oh, no. We, yeah. <laughs> me and my group, we did absolutely awful. and But that's fine. Or no, I think we did good, and then the third scenario hit, and we just like no, dumpster no. fire all of a sudden. We didn't do it, too. We thought we were doing good, and then it was like, no, no, it was yeah. bad. Yeah, it's it's brutal, but oh god, it's so great though, and I love divvying up the roles. The theme in it is so so good. The storyline is fantastic. I, I do have to mention that uh, we fired our note taker. <laughs> he wasn't taking good enough notes, and that was part of the reason we weren't because he was like. Taking notes of things I don't think were important and not taking notes of things that were important. Yeah. And it's like, you're fired. Give me that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember in my game, I was the token guy. Yeah. Like, I was keeping track of what resources we had, what yeah. tokens we could use. But um, we had one person who was the card person. Uh, our mutual friend, Jim, he was definitely the computer person, <laughs> of course. You know, and he loved every bit of it. And it was so good. It yeah, was it's a great so, game. so good. And we, I've already bought... The expansion for it. And I want to play Dig Deeper. Dig Deeper, yeah. And I've also bought the um, the uh, season one of yeah, the Modern yeah. Crime. Yeah. Which I understand, like, they're just three separate scenarios. Um, we're probably going to be playing that fairly soon. And then I want to get the um, the Venice. Uh, yeah. Or Vienna Connection. V- Vienna Connection. I, I want to play the Dig Deeper because Rob Davio is attached to that one. And yes. that, that man knows how to make campaign games. Yes, he does. Yeah, so I am I own it. I'm ready to play it. I, we just haven't yet. So it is what it is. Uh, that's my number 48, Detective. My number 48 is one that you ended up hounding me to play. Just get, I got to show you this. You got to play this. So I must have been right. <laughs> uh, you gotta, you, you gotta do this. You gotta do this. Fine, I'll play this game. Just leave me alone about it. And I dug it. It's a Richard Garfield game. Is this KeyForge? Yep. Huh. Okay. <laughs> I did KeyForge. Um, I have quite a few. I need to get some of the newer expansions, but I have quite a few games uh, right over there. Card decks. I haven't found the one that really synergizes with me. I do realize I like playing the bug faction. I forget what they're called. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm, I like playing hyper offensively, and they are a hyper offensive, uh, yeah, uh, team uh, in there. So. I love playing with those ones. And there's a couple others, like the Dinosaur Faction, that play pretty hyper offensively as well. But it's you learn a deck, and you can take it into tournaments. Some are better than others, let's not lie. But learning and to play your deck and synergize it doesn't necessarily mean... Um, or some decks better than the other doesn't mean you don't have a chance. Because if you learn how to play your deck and you play it smartly, you can still beat a person who's got a very powerful deck. It's a phenomenal game. I mm-hmm. really enjoy playing it. I my wife enjoys it because she liked playing Magic the Gathering, but again, the the community bothered her a little bit. So getting playing KeyForge scratches that itch for her. And we're, when we're talking about two player games, KeyForge is 
probably at the top of my list when it comes to two-player games because if you're into that kind of little battling card game action like magic the gathering but you don't want to spend money on decks or stuff like that but just want to feel you can go to your local game shop and buy a pack for 10 bucks and just learn that deck and you could still play in tournaments Mm -hmm. and i love what you were telling me about like one of the rules of the thing is if someone wins a tournament with a their deck ascends and is basically retired Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it becomes notorious. Like, yeah, this is one of the best decks. It's probably broken, but that's okay. It's earned. It's earned its right to mm-hmm. be considered godlike, and now it's no longer allowed in the tournament because it's already won. Yeah, like how we ascended Gloomhaven on our top eight debates. Yeah. exactly the same idea. Yeah, and so my number forty-eight or forty-eight was Keyforge. All right, my number forty-seven is a game that I hounded you to play. <laughs> Um, a very different game though. Very, very different game. <laughs> and this is one of the Euro games that isn't about victory points. It's a race. And so much to the point where it, you've only played it once. I played it a couple times. Oh. A mutual friend of ours backtracked so far and yet still won that it's became a stand up moment for us. And we played it online. It's uh, Lewis and Clark, The Expedition. It, what's funny is about I've heard time and time again that everybody says the dice game is better. Nope. I was disappointed with the dice game. You, both you and me were like, huh, let's go play the other one instead. Yeah. No, and I own the dice game, and it's it's it was on my list, um, but it's not on my top 100. Yeah. This is definitely the higher one, and I love the worker placement part of it. It is a longer game. That's the only problem I have with it. Yeah, the dice game but, plays faster. Yeah, this, I mean, just... Maneuvering, trying to get your pieces there, getting more more cards, more workers, uh, sending out you know Native Americans. It's just it's brilliant. It, it's a really smart design. It's actually quite thematic because you're racing, you know, to get to the west coast of the United States. You're following the ex, like roughly the right route. Yeah, that Lewis and Clark R- roughly. went roughly. Roughly. Uh, but I mean, it's it's rather thematic, and it's really neat how it works, and all the resources work in very interesting ways. So it's yeah, I like it a lot. If you like middle heavyweight Euro games, Lewis and Clark, definitely check it out. Yeah, no, it's a good game. So my number forty-seven is a game that you've already mentioned, and it's all about the dice. Dice Forge. Yep. <laughs> I really enjoy this game. I think I showed you Dice Forge, and you really enjoyed it. We had it at the shop. Yeah, it was a demo. Yeah, it was a demo. But yeah, it's it's a great game. Um, I ended up getting it for my birthday a few years back, and I fell in love with this game. And there's a reason why it's in my top 50. Mm-hmm. I have a blast with it. I have the expansion, another one that was given to me as a gift for my birthday. It, I really, really enjoy it. I enjoy teaching it because it just makes it easier for people to understand. Mm-hmm. I've played with both sets of cards at one point. Uh, so I've seen, because there, there are certain cards that you can take out of the game and put more advanced cards into it. And they're, they're fine. They're, they, they're interesting and make the game more complicated. But I can play the base game itself uh, just with the, the original cards keep going with it and i enjoy it it's a really good game i love the the only thing the only thing i wished is they gave us like like rattle bones the little prototype to dig out the the mm. the dice face yeah because this it tells you just like take, another take, take an edge of another and... die and pull it and sometimes it pops and flies everywhere and you're trying to be as gentle as possible but yeah. 
No, I think that I wish they, and I'm probably going to go to, I think it's Working Geek Store that sells it, where you can get the prototypes for Rattle Bones and just take out those little uh, dice um, pullers. But yeah, Dice Forge, everything you said about it earlier, it's a phenomenal game. It's weird, though, because it's like you're, play, you're demigods who are trying to become gods and be the most most thing but it like mixes um the the different religions like yeah you have ancient egyptian in there with some of the Mm -hmm. creatures you have thor's hammer you have uh uh, what is it like hercules or something like that in there it's it's just there's just a eclectic um mythologies in there but it's such a good game no theme, really. No, I mean, no theme, honestly. It it's it's sense. just all about the dice rolling and getting yeah. the resources. It. What I like about it is that you're gauged on everybody's turn because yeah. when they roll their die, you're rolling your dice and you're getting resources. So you're rolling your dice every turn. The mm-hmm. only point where it kind of slows down is when they're making a decision either to go up there or buy something. That's it. Yep. And then, even then, that, that plays quickly. Good deal. Yeah, good pick. I mean, obviously, I, I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 46 for me is my only Stonemeyer game on my list. Oh, which one is your favorite Stonemeyer? And we do this every time, too, and you always forget that this one exists. Do I? Mm-hmm. Every time we talk about Stonemeyer games. That you own? Yes. This is the old, This is one of two Stonemeyer games that I own. Well, I know you have Between Two Cities. Is it that one? Nope. Nope. Okay. I don't own Between Two Cities. I'm trying to see. I have like all the stone layers right there. Yep. Do you own tapestry? I do not own tapestry. So that wouldn't be on your list. Nope. And it's not going to be like size. It's not size. Size was good. I liked it. Ah, uh, you're get, you're right. I keep forgetting which one every it is. every single time. That's because it's right above my head, right here. You can see it in the video. Oh right yeah, it's Charterstone. Charter I don't have Stone. it over there. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's because I'm in the middle of uh, playing it. And I just I've only mm-hmm. played the first two scenarios yep, of it, and I've played it the entire way through, and it's awesome. I like the worker placement part of it. I'm not going to give any spoilers. I, but I, I the, like the, the crate worker system. bumping the crates. Yeah, that's cool. Like when you get the right resources, you can unlock the crate, which lets you get other cards. Yeah, um, super smart. It's really brilliant how it works. And what I like I, it a lot. It works well, and some of the new components that you'll see, you know, and yeah. some of the abilities and all of the new stuff that unlocks with the crates, super fun. What I like about it is one of the first uh, legacy games or campaign games yeah. that you could play after you're done with it. Yes. It was the first ones that really start that. And I thought that yeah. was kind of interesting. And mind you, I doubt anybody's going to play it after they're done with it. But... I haven't. I, I would. You know, I, I, I wouldn't hate on that idea absolutely i would definitely play it again it's on my it's on my top 50 for a reason there it, it made I my will top give you a non-spoiler mm-hmm. but a heads up uh and and i remember you you looked at me very strange when i brought it up to jamie when we interviewed him for our podcast and yeah. i said there's a very strange component in this and he was like i know which one you're talking about <laughs> and yes <laughs> and and that's where i left it and that's where he did too and you just kind of looked at us like huh, so uh okay. <laughs> i look forward to when you meet that component yeah I'm just cool. i gotta get that group to play it again but uh they just haven't wanted to try it again so i might have to do it just solo just to finish it get cashing guns and hold them at gunpoint <laughs> So, but yeah, I keep forgetting it's there because normally right there is my Stonemeyer. Yep. Right above his head. 
And then yeah. it's right over there, so which is under my like my, my campaign, stuff. campaign stuff. So I just keep forgetting. I keep looking. I'm like, wait, there's all my stoneware, and I forget. It's just sitting over there. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy so far what I played of it. Um, I'm looking forward to getting more of it into it. But let's go on to my number uh, 46, and it's a game that you've already mentioned about really maybe one ago, <laughs> and it's a Euro. Racing Lewis game, yeah. Wow, crossover is so soon. Yeah, and almost at the same number too. Yeah. I think yours was forty-seven. Forty-seven. Yeah, so mine's forty-six. Lewis and Clark: The Expedition. I enjoy it. It's got one of my favorite favorite uh, memories of playing games, and this was just online too. Mm-hmm. We played with our mutual friend. He went all the way back to New Orleans, and he beat us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're hanging out in the mountains, and next thing you know, he takes a motorboat all the way across. <laughs> Yeah, still the only match is at 66, but hey, it's pretty close. Um, But yeah, it's everything you said about it is fun. It does play longer, but trying to use, I'm going to call them the Native Americans. The game calls it something else, fine. Um, But using them properly, getting your resources to help uh, move your boat along. Mm -hmm. I, I like the fact that you can move so far, but if you don't use your 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 resources wisely you move back yeah and so you got to be careful when you set up your camp this way you don't move too far back or move too far ahead and then run out of time and end up all the way back to your campsite yeah so i i like i really enjoy the game and honestly vincent dutre art it's it's, pretty it's pretty game too so yes my number 46 lewis and clark the expedition good choice uh my number 45 is probably one of the simplest deck builders on this list. Um, I had briefly touched base about it earlier, and that's because I feel uh, Shards of Infinity kind of ripped this game off, but what this company did, Wise Wizard Games, they they expanded it in a great way. Uh, I like Fantasy Theme better, too, so it's Hero Realms. Uh, the two- to four-player deck-building game comes in a tiny little box, and it's absolutely brilliant how it works. You're basically either fighting each other, last person standing wins, deck building, getting all sorts of fun powers, four different factions that work in very different ways, and then they turned it into a co-op campaign mode. And that was a really fun co-op Yeah, it's mode. a good campaign. Yeah, I liked what it did. I haven't played the second chapter of it yet, um, but I did play the first one, and I enjoyed the mess out of it. Yeah, I enjoyed the first one. Um, I don't own this anymore. I just... I got burnt out of it, I guess. Sure. Man, there's a lot of generic fantasy. I have quite a bit of it up on my yeah. my shelf over there. I do like uh, Star Realms, but I think Hero Realms I like more. I agree with you. But uh, I don't... I'm not even sure where it was on my list. I know it was on there. I just... I think it's at the back end now. Because it, it's faded away from memory for me. Sure. That's uh, right. So, moving on to my number 45. Is... Probably, from my understanding, my highest trick-taking game. Trick-taking, okay. It's not that hard for you to figure out. The crew. Yeah. Really? It's down at 45. I could have sworn this would have been I thought it would have been higher, too, but yeah. I I, I still love the crew. I love the little campaign with it and trying to figure out how you're going to feed tricks to the right person and make sure people are taking the right tricks and the limited communication in the game where you're basically telling them once per round 
this is either my only card, my highest card, or lowest card of this number, so don't try to feed me tricks if this is my highest card and you're trying to get a low card to say yourself. I enjoy this game. Yeah, and so, yeah, I'm surprised it's down this low. I talk about it all the time. I really, really, really enjoy yeah. this game. But looking at my list, I'm not surprised it's this low. Right. Uh, because some of the other games on my list I really enjoy more. There are a few that surprise me that are higher than this one, and we'll get to it probably in the next episode. <laughs> but I enjoyed this game a lot. Cool. Yeah, good pick. Very good one. Uh, my next one is a Phil Walker Harding game that you've already mentioned. Baron Park? I know. Uh, Gingerbread House. Gingerbread House. Yep. It's a brilliant game. Everything you said about it is absolutely right. I love the the thick components, you know, that mm-hmm. makes the tiles make a lot of sense when you're stacking them correctly. <coughs> the ones you put it on get you a couple gingerbread. If you get two of the same symbol, you get double that. Or uh, not double, but you get a bonus one. Trade them in, fulfilling contracts, getting characters, and getting objectives. It's just brilliantly simple. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm surprised when I show this to people and they're not as excited about it as I am. <laughs> it kind of breaks my brain a little bit, but I've seen it. Uh, my wife is a perfect example of it. She thought it was too complicated. And, uh, well, like it. and I, and it is the most, it's interesting. I showed it to our, um, our mutual friend Bryce and he liked it, but it's not his favorite Phil Worker Harding. Yeah. He's like, it, it was good, but I like, uh, Gizmos better and I like, uh, Super Mega Lucky Box better. Yep. He, that's what he was saying. And I'm like, I agree with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoy it too. It it it's good. Yeah, and there there's a reason why it's on my top 100. Yep, yep. I completely agree with you. Gingerbread House, my number 44. A little <laughs> bit higher than this. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because you're like, uh, uh, it's a Phil Walker Harding game. I'm like, I've mentioned what like three or four already. Yeah. <laughs> Super mega lucky box. Uh, so like I said, there's gonna be a run here in a little bit, but uh, not the rest of this one. Number 44 is my second favorite game of this ip and it's one of my favorite ips in fact there's a clock sitting on the wall of it oh star wars okay <laughs> i i could have you haven't mentioned any star wars yet so I was like, okay. that's why this is my second favorite and this is star wars rebellion this is the big grandiose fantasy flight this is a star wars game in the box and this is another one that I've mentioned before with like Ascension. This can play up to four players. Don't play it up to four players. It's it's a two player only game, but it's a massive two player only game. You're gonna play about two and a half hours playing this one. But your one person's playing the Rebel Alliance and they're trying to keep their base safe and blow up the Death Star and make it a certain round and trying to get the the people, the populace to enjoy them or uh, work with them to start destroying the Empire. And the Empire is all about trying to find the base and blowing it up. And uh, so you have a certain amount of rounds that you could get into this game for you to defeat it. And I I enjoy it. I enjoy the mess out of it. I, it tends to be weighted a little bit more to the Empire. But that makes sense because they have a bunch of resources and you're a ragtag group. So you're you're trying to get popularity towards the Rebel Alliance when you're playing the Rebels. And you're trying to increase your chances to get more military. But you are also got to be careful because you don't want to show out where your, mil- your Rebel base is. You have a possibility of changing your Rebel base in the game. But it's risky because then you have to reveal where the old Rebel base is. And then the Empire knows, oh, well, there's a limited number of spaces where he can go. 
And so once the Empire lands on where your rebel base, it gets revealed. It's it's so good. It's very thematic. And, and it's a bit lucky because of the dice roll combats. But um, I, I get why this is very popular. And I love it myself. It's just not something I'm going to get to the table a lot because how big and how heavy it is. Yep, that's fair. Not a bad pick. I do need to try this one. Yeah, Star Wars Rebellion, my number 44. My number 43 <laughs> is a is kind of a sequel to a fantasy cooperative game, uh, but this is also cooperative, and it's more card-based. Fantasy cooperative game, but also cooperative and card-based. Mm-hmm. That narrows the hints down. Right. <laughs> and this is a completely different universe, but it's also designed and the art is done by the same person. Ooh. So... It's not Ryan Lockett. Though. Oh, okay. Well... <laughs> it's not Ryan Lockett. It's Michael Menzel. Oh, is this uh, the Liberation of Reitberg? Liberation of Reitberg. Holy cow, is this game good. I can't wait to play it again. I'm getting excited just talking about it. It's very simple. You have six different sections trying to get a certain number of goals, trying to find certain things uh, going around. Yes, there's technically combat in it, but like at the same time, you can avoid the, the people. Um, you're basically just on a timer. You have to discover the what you need to win, and that's all the time you have to do it. But what's cool is that you have a certain number of cards in your hand that you can that, that you can play, and anytime you rest, you take all the cards back into your hand, and then you flip over some of the cards that add more to the board. It's really fun. Um, I can't wait to play it again, honestly. It's just, it's super cool. If you like Legends of Andor, you'll probably like this as well. If you don't like Legends of Andor, still give this one a look if you like cooperative games. That's my number 43. Yeah, I'm looking for it on my list here. I don't even know where it landed. Um, I might have missed it, but it yeah, I missed it. I'm thinking it's somewhere in the top 200. Uh, oh, wait, there it is. It's 199. 199. There you go. <laughs> top 200. It's not wrong. Uh, and so, moving on to my number 43. Oh, look. It's a worker placement game. You? No. Shock. What? It's a worker placement game based in the role player universe. Oh, I know what this one is. <laughs> it is Lock Up a yep. Role Player Tale. Uh, your prison, uh, cre- your creatures in role player, the bad guys that you fight in actually role player, and you're in a prison and you're trying to earn your way out of prison. And I really, really dig this game. I know not a, not a lot of people enjoy it. Um, Ithri being one of them. <laughs> but you <laughs> say friend of other podcasts, Ithri <laughs> definitely does not like this one. But I enjoy it for what it is. I like some of the differences that it does or the fact that you're trying to build material and you're playing games or play. you could play some of your people upside down so you're not trying to – and it's power-based. So whoever has the most power gets the best resources out of the area and the per, second person gets another so, uh, lower amount. And then third person, he may get something, he may not depending on the area. I really dig this. And I love the fact that it plays in a line. So this one's always going to pop first. This one's always going to pop second, third, fourth, and fifth. And you're trying to be careful about what you're doing because you don't want to gain that suspicion because too much uh, suspicion will end up getting mm-hmm. a uh, – um, I forget what it's called, like a, a search or a check by the prison guards, and that's a bad thing. So mm-hmm. the person who has the most loses stuff and loses points, and it can be really bad. I dig this game. I love the component quality of it. I, I like the fact that um, 
where you're keeping your your workers because you, you want to keep hitting what you're playing if you're going to play stuff face down um where you're playing them at it's it's their backers or like prison cells so you see a picture of them behind bars it's it's really good it's enjoyable i have a great time playing this and i wasn't shocked it made it up this high yeah, that doesn't surprise me one bit that it is. <laughs> I only imagine that there might other be others in the series that are out higher. But we'll see. Maybe. Let's see. We'll see. Anyway, uh, my number 42 is another Phil Walker Harding game. Mm. Care to take a guess? Uh, have I mentioned it yet? I don't, uh, I don't think you've listed it, no. But I, I might be wrong. Maybe you did. I don't think so, though. Hmm. I know you've you've spoken about it. The only one I can think of that you really like, and I I just not sure if it's this low as Gizmos. Gizmos, really? Yep. It's this yep. low. It, number forty two. Yeah, Gizmos is this low. Unfortunately, I thought it would have been like in your top twenty five. Mm, we'll find out. There might be other uh, Phil Walker Harding games in there, but yeah, that, that means that there's at least forty one other games that I think are better than <laughs> than Gizmos. But I think this is an awesome game so much that like we played this in Las Vegas for the first time, and me and my wife played it at at uh, Meeple Land, I think. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The I know Meeple is in the title, but it's a board game cafe uh, up in Las Vegas, Nevada, yeah, yeah. and it's awesome. Go check it out. Great, great people, very friendly. They suggested Gizmos, and my wife was like, "All right, well, I guess we'll give it a try," and she absolutely adored it and has never played it since. So, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's weird. Like I ended up buying it for her because how much she liked it. But then I showed it to you, and you were like wishy washy on it at first because it was a two player game, and I floored you with it. And uh, I've only played one other two player game with uh, my buddy, our, our buddy Bryce, and, and he, it, yeah. it it was close. I he just wanted to see how I played, and then I played a four player game of it recently, and it went down pretty well. So I, yeah. I I've decided I don't like it at two players. Yeah, which is fair. But yeah, Gizmos is awesome. It's the perfect engine building game like you of building engines yeah building (laughs) building these gizmos as they call it and the idea is that you either take one of like the four actions that are available either take a marble or uh spend marbles to buy a card or to archive stuff which i just draw and then save it that's pretty much it but as you build these gizmos they give you bonuses for building certain types of gizmos or building or picking, or a certain picking certain colors yeah. so like i might i might have something that says when you build a blue building you get to pick a marble so then if i have another card that says when you pick a red marble you get a you get another random i might build a blue building then pick a red marble then take a random and start comboing like crazy and when you start ramping up right when it's at the point where it's like, all right, this is going to start getting crazy, the game ends. Yeah. And it gives you that sense of like, man, that was so good. I was almost there to like this really satisfying absurdity. It's fantastic game. It's Gizmos. a good game. I really like it. Like I said, I don't like it at two players. And it's just because of the cycling. Because mm-hmm. uh, I played it at two recently, as I mentioned with Bryce. And then I played it at four players um, with some friends of ours, Angel Maria. Yep. And it... It was so phenomenal as the as cycling. Ooh, this works. This works. This works. Right. Whereas the two players, there will be a while before I even see a blue uh, marble come out sure. or something. Yep. So no, I, I agree. Gizmos is a good game. Um, I have nothing else to add to it. It's really good. Cool. Good. Moving, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving on to my number forty-two. Speaking of good games, 
you dig this game, not this version of it, but you really enjoy this game. Let's find out. Maybe. And it's also, I guess, technically an engine builder. And it's also my Splendor Killer. Century? Yes. Mine, personally, is the Golem Edition. Golem Edition. (laughs) It's basically an engine builder. You're playing cards uh, out to either exchange gems down or up or down, depending on how you want to play it. So I could turn in one pink one into four yellow ones and use those to buy a Golem on my next turn or whatever the card or on my next turn in doing so if i do it at a certain point i also get bonus ones based on the coins uh or you could pick your cards up it's that simple you're also buying other cards as you're playing through because you're doing this this thing where it can buy you a card as you're playing i dig this game it plays very quickly it plays phenomenally i prefer the the golem edition because it's very pretty and my only gripe about the centuries, the Golem editions, is why didn't they finish the panorama? <laughs> Two of the three games match. Why couldn't they get the third one to match the rest of the games? It's annoying. Um, it's very, very uh, enjoyable. Uh, and that is Century Golem Edition, My Splendor Killer, at number 42. Yeah, that's a good pick. My number 41, and the last one for our video today. For you. It, right. <laughs> yeah, for me. Um, number 41 is one of the most complex deck building games that we've played. Most or, I don't complex? Know if you've played. It is a deck building game. It is rather complex, but there's only six different cards. Really. Wait, is it Eminent Domain? Eminent Domain. <laughs> Have you played this one? Yeah. Right? Yeah, okay. I dig this one. Oh, this one's so good. It has no right being that good. And it takes deck building. It's a deck builder. There's nothing... It, it, there's no reason to say it's not a deck builder. But where in other deck builders you're using currency to buy things. No, you take a card, but that determines your action. And by playing duplicates of the card determines how much of a benefit you get from doing so. And playing some from your hand... And then you can, whenever somebody plays something like that, you could either follow, which means you play the same cards, uh, the same style of cards. Tasty Minstrel. This was Tasty Minstrel. Yep. God, Seth I hope Jaffe someone is. picks. I hope someone picks this one up. And, and so Seth Jaffe, he's a great designer. I'm actually really impressed with the games that he designs, and he was one of the main guys at Tasty Minstrel. So I hope so too. Um, but his, his stuff is just so fantastic, and I'm increasingly impressed by. His design, and this definitely sold me on it. And uh, our mutual friend, he plays games, he tolerates them. He rarely gets excited about playing games. <laughs> when I showed him this, he was like, this is phenomenal. This yeah. is fantastic. And he wanted to play it multiple times, and I don't blame him. This was one of the, the... And the only reason I played this game, the only reason is because I have a friend over in Tucson, Arizona, and he's, he runs uh, a podcast called uh, The Legends of Tabletop. And it's like a role-playing group. Yeah. And a really great guy. And John is his name. And, okay. And I met him at, at the local convention there. And he said, he was like, I don't like deck-building games. This game is phenomenal. Yeah, it's a good and, game. And I, didn't, I looked at it, I was like, hey, it doesn't look that great. I don't like space themes, like space battle themes. He was like, no, just trust me on it. And so I, I found it at the local bookstore. Fairly inexpensive. I was like, all right, I'll buy it. Sight unseen. Hope for the best. Played it. So glad I did. 
I if, couldn't agree more. If this was on my records, um, and I had marked it down or I owned it, it probably would have made my top 100, but it didn't even make my list because it wasn't in my records. Well, we'll have to fix that soon. Yep. And <laughs> for the final game of the night, my number 41. This better and, be good. Well, it better be because you showed it to me. It's a it party. <laughs> it's a party game. A party game. That one? <laughs> yep. Okay. It's Time's Up, uh, specifically Title Recalls, the version I have. Yep. And I'll, I'll show the audience my least favorite thing about it. Yep, I don't it's disagree with this. It's a freaking cube. It's, it's annoying. <laughs> you can't really stack these on a shelf. And it's empty space. There's about a filler in here about halfway just to cover all the cards. But it's a party game that you select. I think it's dependent upon the cards. I, I'd say 40. I can't remember. There's, there's, almost, there's always 40. But then you deal 40 out and then two for every person. Person, yeah. Additional. And so we get to choose what's coming out. In, in essence, you, you have to eliminate certain numbers, but it's yeah. always 40 cards. And you choose the blue side or the yellow side to play. And if we choose yellow, it's yellow all the way through the game. And what's going to happen is the first round, you and a partner or partners are – you're giving clues to those uh, the partner about what um, the, the, the question is. So if it says like Game of, uh, Game of Thrones a character, let's say – I, I always use this one because it was funny when we did it. Hodor, you're giving clothes, so you're uh, you're saying a door or um, Game of Thrones, that kind of stuff. You're giving clues. You can say as much as you want, but you cannot skip any of the cards. So if they're not guessing it within your within your time frame, which is I think is like a minute timer. Yeah, um, something like that. Yeah, I, I normally you, go thirty seconds. Yeah, you have to pass it on to the next group, and they have the chance to change it out. If you get it right, you put it down, you count your score at the end of the round once all 40 cards have been guessed. But you got to pay attention to all the clues that have been given because when you go into the second round, you can only give one word clues. So you have to be, uh, say, like Thrones or uh, the different uh, clues that you've heard throughout the games. Mm -hmm. And this one you can pass, though. If you're not getting it, you move on to the next one. You give another one word clue for the next one. It's fine. Um, and you can count up your points after all the cards are gone again. Whoever has the most points leads that part. You combine the first and second round score. Then you go into the third round. But this one you can't talk. This one you have to pantomime like you were playing charades to give clues. And this is where it, it notches up to hilarity because some of the stuff that came up with, and I go back to this Hodor one, is that I had to run up to a door when we were playing it and I literally held the door for you to guess it. And it, mm-hmm. it actually yeah, gave us the win. It's hilarious. Um, we've had a great time playing it. I enjoy playing it for players. It's um me and my wife versus our friends Angel Maria or me and my wife versus like Bryce and his wife Nicole and stuff like that. We have a good time playing it because it just it's a it's what you expected back in the day when people were playing charades. Yeah. It, it's hilarious. There's a lot of fun with it and you have a good time with it. So time's up, title recall. In Creative Chaos, I disagree. I don't think you would be bad at this game and let and let's explain why. The fact that you, the first round you could say anything you want uh, those cards that are in there, the 40 cards that were picked at the beginning of the game, they get reshuffled and passed around. So 
even if you don't know what they're trying to say, that because they, they might be giving clues to just how to pronounce the game or the title. Because as long as they can do that, then it's fine. But then as soon as you pull up that card, as you're if you're the clue giver, you're going to recognize it. Go, oh, that's what they meant. Okay, mm-hmm. a book from 1900, and then they're going to guess it because you still use the same clues for all three rounds. So a lot of the the clues that were given in the first round apply to the second round, apply to the third round, and it's not just sh- shots in the dark and guesses. Is there there you create these memes for every one of the yeah every one of the things, and so even when you're pantomiming, even if you don't like pantomiming, it still works really well. So I yeah I couldn't agree more with this. I don't like charades. I really don't. I don't like acting in front of people like that. Yeah. This game is one Work. of those exceptions. It yeah. works. It's really good. I have a great time playing it. And th- there's a reason why it's in my top 50. Yeah. It's it's that good. Exactly. So we want to thank uh, Creative Chaos. Thank you for bringing that up. And yes, you would be great at it because of your memorization skills. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we want to thank you for tuning in. And thanks for everybody else for tuning in as well. Uh, if you ever want to join us on a live episode, it's kind of chaotic of when we film, but... Yeah. Sign up for the notifications. Subscribe to us on twitch.tv slash everyday board games so you can get notified when we join online for a live episode. As well as you can find all video re uploads on YouTube at Everyday Board Games 2020. And if you like what we do, there are three things you can help us do uh, grow on the platform. Subscribe if you're not, uh, like the video, and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. As well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Podbean. And after these episodes, once we've reached episode 100, we're going to go back to our standard top eight debates and chits uh, and giggles and probably even some future board game breakdowns. If you have any suggestions for ideas for those topics and or debates, email us at everydayboardgames. 2020 at gmail.com as well as you can uh, contact us at our official twitter account at ebg podcast so stay tuned for our next episode number 40 through 21 we want to thank you so much for tuning in as always i've been your host daniel and i've been your host daniel and we want to thank you for listening to everyday board games and remember every day is a good day for board gaming